Uh. Some of my peoples one time. What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, we're back. This is Across the Intersection Podcast. This is AJ. I'm in here with the full squizzard. Even a swish is in the building. As always, you can ingest this wonderful podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and the sound of the clouds, the clouds of sound. Get us where you can get us. We're on social media. Um, hit us up on Twitter at Across This. And I am on all platforms at Divinimus, D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S. And on Twitter, I am E to the V to the. We'll be happy to you. Uh, don't forget to hit us up on the Grizzam at Dive Media One. And as always, you can always go to our website and check us out. We will be putting some new stuff up soon. DiveMedia.co. That's DiveMedia.co. So we're back in it again, again, again. Uh, we thank you all for rocking with us once again. Um, there's been a whole lot of stuff going on um, in these United of the States. But I'm not going to make small talk because Eve hates when I make small talk. She just wants to get right down to business. So I'm going to get right down to business. So we're just going to get down to business. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. I like to make small talk, but she's you know, she's a woman of business. So she's like, let's, let's, let's get to it. So anyway. Um, y'all know what we do. We step in. We step in the middle of situations, piss some people off. We get bibly, and then we roll out. That's how we do. If you haven't, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't realized our mo by this point, you have not been following this podcast. So anyway, um, some some stuff went down this week. Some good stuff. Some not so good stuff. Um, thought it would be cool to talk about it. We want to jump right into um, our first candidate up to get dismantled. <laughs> um, there was a Time Magazine article that came out this week, or I guess this past week. Um, the article's from April the 13th. Um, Morehouse College, the illustrious mm-hmm. Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, HBCU, for those of you who don't know, historically black college and university of which E. Zealous and I both attended, um, we Not, didn't attend Morehouse. Well, we didn't is, attend but Morehouse, we but we attended HBCUs. Um, Morehouse. So Morehouse um, is the only all-male HBCU. And as of next school year, it is making a major shift. Um, it will begin to admit transgender men. Um, yeah, I'm just let y'all just sip that for Hold a minute. A we just kind of had to throw that out there, let you sip on it for a minute. And then, uh, you know, now, now we're going to bring it back. So what am I saying when I say that? So Morehouse is saying that for the first time um, for the class or not the class, the class coming in for the 2020 school year, um, women who are born who now identify as men can now attend Morehouse College. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that I articulate it properly. So. I'm not snickering like it's a funny thing. I'm just, it's a, when you got a whole lot of amalgamation, you got to make sure you are, are clear. Women who are born women who identify as men can now attend Morehouse College because they identify as men. So that's, that's what's happening now at Morehouse College. So as a little bit of a backdrop, um, in 2009, Morehouse actually changed their dress code. Um, they had a pretty rigid dress code. For those of you who know, they promote leadership and excellence for black men. So their dress code was, uh, you know, rigid. And so what you had back in 2009 were men on campus who started to wear women's clothing. Um, and so in response to that, to address that situation, the college had first changed and, you know, kind of lightened or loosened, quote unquote, the dress code on campus. Um, then you fast forward about four years in 2013, the campus had its first gay pride parade and became more accepting of, I guess, just the different lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle. And now what you have is a complete pivot uh, to where the school now uh, you know, is going to begin to accept transgender men. Now, for me, 
I just find that interesting. Um, and it's a Time Magazine article. You can go check it out on, on time.com. Um, it's just two points. Not to get in, into the, the particulars of the transgender lifestyle. That is that is what it is. I just found it interesting that Morehouse is the first all-male institution of higher learning to allow transgender men. Um, that's something that we've talked about on this podcast before that a lot of times you find with this movement, it tries to attach itself to African-Americans um, whenever there wants to, you know, wh- whenever there's they're they're trying to get a first anything. It's like, well, let me latch on to something that black folks is doing. And because the article actually mentions that there are other all male colleges in the in the United States. Morehouse is not an anomaly. There are other all-male colleges. There's Wabash College in Indiana. There's Hampton Sydney College in Virginia. There's uh, the College of St. Benedict. So there are other all-male colleges. Yet and still, this happens at Morehouse first, um, which, again, I no longer find interesting. You just see the pattern. I just personally see a, a pattern. Um, what say you? What say you, good people? Morehouse. Um, so, so um, I, I, to to me, what this um, this this is uh, is just a um, a symptom of a larger uh, destruction that has been taking place, uh, a decomposition that's going on um, within. Uh, within our society that's been playing out for many years. And um, with this latest quote unquote decision, first of all, um, I think it's pretty clear that um, this is something that is more of a black mask. Um, it is, uh, it is um, <clears throat> a Caucasian European ideology um, that is being put into the waters of um, black society as usual. Uh, and in particular, this also shows a level of um, fearfulness, uh, lack of vision. Um, also the, um, the huge, huge level of compromise that has constantly existed when it comes to institutions um, and, and sin. And um, <clears throat> specifically, it makes no sense to have an all male school, but then uh, not like, but then admit others other than those who are male. And um, this whole idea of, of them, them breaking apart male being attached to man shows their um, lack of critical thought um, but also, even if they think critically, um, their lack of standing um, for the truth and what's real um, and what is lasting as opposed to bending to what the flavor of the, the day is. And it is quite sad. It's quite unfortunate. Um, if you think about this critically, what they're saying is that they'll basically let anybody in uh, that's really what they're saying. As long as you use the excuse of, um, well, my sexuality is different or my gender is different. If you do that, then you can get in. So they're saying like, it's an all male school or all men's school, excuse me. But if you are like, let's back up for a second just to be clear. At the beginning of this joint, they said they were getting in a situation where there were men at the school, they were clearly men because they were accepted to the school, were wearing dresses. So, okay, so they weren't identifying as women. They were identifying as men, clearly, because they were in the school, but they were wearing dresses. Right, so they right. relaxed the dress code. And then, fast forward 10 years later, in 2019, they're changing their policy to say, as long as you identify as a man and you can come in. Well, this doesn't make any sense because what they're saying is, is that you can have a vagina or be a female, but say that you're a man and then they'll, they'll let you in. But the thing is, is that at the same time though, they were already having people, 
who had penises and were men and wearing dresses coming in. So those same people, those same people, because I know Spelman has a similar policy that they instituted a couple years back. You already, what they're saying, like, is that now a female who says that they are a man can go to Morehouse. They, that female now has a choice of schools in which that she can go to if she chooses to, if she happens to choose what particular gender uh, she wants to identify with. So she can go to Spelman or she can go to Morehouse. Same thing with the, with the quote unquote male. They right. can if they say that they identify as a woman, well, they can go to Spelman. But so, if they want to be, if they say they identify as a man, then they can go to Morehouse. And that so, leads... Mm-hmm. So instead of the situation being one in which college uh, enrollees decide on the school that matches their values and their personal identities, colleges in turn have had to adjust to the students who have come into the school. From an academic perspective and a a didactic perspective, I would say that that makes sense. You should try to have a variety of teaching styles and ways that instruction is administered to match the fact that human beings learn in varied ways. But but beyond that, um, I don't know that colleges and universities should change who they are for the purpose of the whims or even the realities, not just whims, but the realities of specific students. Um, I think that students should choose the schools (laughs) that match their own uh, values and that would be a good fit for them rather than them coming into a school, knowing that there are other people who also come to that school because they want that particular experience and then changing the school from the inside. The only problem, self-admittedly, that I have with that line of thought is that people will automatically go back to the civil rights movement and say, well, why is it that black people would protest businesses that would not accept them? They know that this is a business that does not want to serve black people. So why would they even go to uh, those businesses? I just want to know from you guys if that is a fair parallel. No, I mean, of course not. But that's the that's the okie doke, I think. That... But why isn't it a fair parallel? What is it that makes that unequal um, in terms of a comparison? That's a very good, a very, very good question. Why is the, the parallel for someone who wants to be LGBTQ not the same as someone who is born or someone who exists in the realm of you know being African American or African or you know whatever. Um, if you, I don't have to do anything, right? All I have to do is step out my door, and you, oh, African American, right? I for in 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 order for me to sort of display my LGBTQness, I have to go through all these different gyrations because here's the here's the trick, and this is where you know we hadn't pissed people off in a couple of weeks. Here's the trick: without all of these different gyrations, you're just a white person who enjoys white privilege, who lives in a society that was built for you to succeed, right? But you happen to be homosexual. So how do you get that across? I got to go through all these different gyrations. Gay pride parade and this and that and the third. Black folk was getting beat in the streets, just chilling, just like I'm walking down the street and catch a L, right? Without going through any of these gyrations, putting on dresses and doing, just be, just chilling. So if I'm a quote unquote homosexual person, I have to attach what I'm trying to get across to a group that's already disenfranchised, right? You're already disenfranchised. So if I attach what, think about it, if LGBTQ has something like this at a, I mean, we have to be realistic. This is the United States. If something like this happens at an all white male institution, we're like, yo, come on. Y'all already got everything. Like, what else do you need? You know what I'm saying? So we got to push this at an all black male institution and say, hey, this is just like civil rights, guys. Come on. We all in this together. Right? What what happened? Even though I don't vibe, right? Even though I'm me personally, 
I don't vibe with capital BLM. I understand the sentiment, but I don't vibe with that organization, right? Yeah. Did you notice right from the break it was, oh, no, all gay lives matter, queer lives matter, trans lives. We're not even talking about that. You see what I'm saying? Any Anything that black folks start or get into, you immediately see that drink come right in like, yo, we can ride the train with this. And so that's the, that is the angle in the article that I, when I saw it, and because me personally, I didn't even know that there were other all-male institutions in the country. So I was like, oh, wow, there are other all-male colleges. But again, this article would actually be ridiculous if it was at an all-white male institution because people would say, what else do you need? You're, you're at an all-white male college, right, with skull and bones and all the other <laughs> different generational things that y'all probably got going on. Y'all need something else? No. We go here and attach it to when you attach it to African Americans, that's how you make that leap, Eve. That's how you make the leap to say, oh, this is just like civil rights. Hey, this is just like what you guys did. When in actuality, you just want to live out your sexual desires, right? This group of people, this group of people have been enslaved, right? Have been segregated, subjugated for over half a millennia. Don't okay. try to compare that to you just wanting to live out your sexual desires. Okay, so let me just bring this up. If there is a person who was born, didn't ask to be here, but here they are, they're born. They look at their genitalia and other physical characteristics, and it aligns with one gender or one sex, but then on a social level, and a level with respect to behavior and with respect to hormonal um, propensities, they're aligned with another gender, right? These are things that are not within their control. These are things that they've decided, uh, I'm sorry, that they haven't decided, and the question becomes who would decide on that anyway? Right, right, right. You know, and so here is a human being Um, they see one thing physically, they experience another thing socially and hormonally, and they want to go into a higher education institution where they get to express the, the, uh, gender that they identify with in an environment with other people who identify with that gender. What should they do? So, so first of all, if it's a social construct and the social, and the construct that that was imposed upon them was wrong since they were a child, then why are they identifying with another social construct? Wouldn't that be broken too? Okay, so you're saying if it's fluid, it needs to be fluid instead of identifying with another gender and choosing to go to a school where they can identify with any gender. Are you you saying that that doesn't make any sense that they're even identifying with a gender if gender is fluid? Well, well, I'm not using the term fluid, but yes, like you're going from one thing and then you're you're uh, then turn around dedicating yourself to another that you are saying, you're saying that gender identity is broken, social constructs are wrong anyway, it doesn't make sense. Like if you're saying I'm not pink just because I'm a girl, I'm not pink, why do you go blue? And that's, that's, and that, and that, and that's the, that goes back to that other question. If you're against these kinds of constructs because of your own personal experience, why would you go to a gendered institution in the first place? Well, that's the that's the having your cake and and eating it too, because in actuality, it's not about the particular social construct. It's about how can I get what I want when I want it without thinking about any future repercussions. Because in actuality, these people love social constructs; they yeah. love these institutions, right? Kaka ka and Kiki all the time. Yeah. So if I mean, let's let's put it, let's put your example even into another quote unquote institution. Okay. So if if I'm get if if I'm married, but I say man, whether it's a man to man, woman woman, man woman, whatever, we're just gonna bring it all on the table. I'm in a relationship, but I say you know what, I just wrestle with being faithful to this one person. You know, I don't think God made me to be faithful. I don't think I was made to be faithful. I think I was made to just kind of be out here and put my seed wherever I want to put my seed. People would look at me like I was a dog. Man, you got to be faithful, but why should I be faithful? Faithfulness is a social construct, man. I'm just out here trying to get mine. No, you expect me in my monogamous relationship to remain in that institution. 
but yet you can fulfill your desires how you see fit because you say you feel a certain way, right? You say your body doesn't line up with the way you feel. Okay, fine. Then I can say this monogamous relationship does not line up with the way I feel. I feel like getting it in when I want to get it in. No, that 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 you would look at me at like that's preposterous. And that's that's the point. Like we love social constructs when they are to our benefit. We love, you know, institutions when they are to our benefit. When it doesn't benefit us, we like, man, you know what? I don't think I feel I'm not feeling this. I ain't, why you not feeling it? Hold on, hold on. Why you not feeling exactly. it now? You see what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, you 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 uh, <laughs> I mean I I'm not gonna go on that tangent, but the it is um yeah you know that it, it is it is people suffering from um and this was stated a little bit earlier in a perpetual state of adolescence. Mm-hmm. We are um we 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 are on pretty much all sides in a perpetual state of adolescence where it's this Peter Pan mentality where people want to be forever young. Um, and they are afraid to grow up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna it's gonna hit it's gonna hit this society, and it's hitting the society, but it's gonna continue to hit it. There'll be a um, there'll be mass um, there'll be there 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 will be a um a mass mass trauma for sure. Um, because well, at, mm-hmm. for the purpose of the listener, I just wanted to to bring to make a little bit more uh, additional statement regarding that, uh, that adolescence part. Um, uh, when you look at uh, developmental psychology uh, from birth until adulthood, there are a variety of developmental stages and the developmental stage of adolescence is defined by, among other things, not understanding how current decisions directly impact future realities. And so go, going back to you, Avery, I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners as to yeah. why uh-huh. you adolescence. But going back to what you're saying, what do you think the reverberations of these types of decisions might possibly be? Well, so this, this, by, this mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, is just, this is just further along the lines of, our, of, of this society um, falling. Uh, you know, once you get to the point where people are volunteering to cut off their um their, their lineage um um i mean through physical castration or through volunteering or, or or them being confused sexually um you won't have you won't have a people anymore quite and and i mean you know we just gonna have to let it happen you know we gonna have to buckle down we got to put our faith in our heavenly father and let it happen because it's going to happen yeah no, yeah, sometimes yeah. we got to just let you. You got to let the joint burn down. No, no, you're yeah. right. Sometimes you got yeah. you know you can keep trying to put water on it and water on it, yeah, but if, yeah. if cats want to burn, you know. Yeah, we 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 got to let it go because because the thing is, um, even just to break down what you just said even further, uh, the perpetual state of adolescence um, is the mind not being able to connect current decisions with future consequences. That is something that. Once we're down to sexuality, like we're confused about where to even, you know, where to even uh, uh, place sperm, <laughs> then then you're you're done because we have to back up many years. Like think about that financially and founding a country, founding a country and an economy, an economy that has checks and balances, uh, or uh, a, a, a a currency that, that where there's a a ledger and there's a tracking and a responsibility versus going away from that and then you're just constantly trying to appease right now and you kick the can into the future like that those are decisions that were made in order to in order to give a perception of stability um in the country in in the country that we're in in the united states and so when you follow that trend and then you look at the way politics started to move in the 1970s and 1980s. We talked about the whole value voter thing. Uh, we, we how how these uh, politicians and then moving into Bill Clinton and whatnot, they became very a la carte, and they started to they started to um, to poll uh, the population and to see well what is the population interested in now as opposed to what is the most important thing for uh, for this society. They began to poll and see, oh, okay, well, they want to do this and they want to do that. And it's like little weak things and say, okay, well, let's craft policy du jour and put these things together and we can get into office. And, 
you know, like that's what would happen. And so, and so basically rather than a lot of these politicians be honest about the fact that this country is basically um, um, in debt and trying to take more responsibility and, and they, they would just say things that people would want to hear. Um, they would say, and then when you get into feminism and you get into the, 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 the unfortunate thing that um, many, many women, many, many, many women, um, uh, really a lot of the, a, lot, a lot of the men became more sensitive and more scared about what women thought. And I don't want to say that disrespectfully. I'm just saying that there. No there, disrespect, but we're going to disrespect you. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you don't you shouldn't care what women think. I'm just saying just because somebody thinks something doesn't mean it's the right thing that they're thinking. No, no, no. Yeah. Just because right, it's, it's right, on your yeah. mind don't mean it need to be said or executed. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Exactly. And so all of this push of uh, women's rights and equality and, and, and whatnot, it, that can that that can only be that can only be um, uh, uh, pontificated about in a society that is not being basically invaded. <laughs> and and so, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because uh, a point in the article, just as we come around third base here that we want to yeah. make note of for everybody is that Spellman did this two years ago. And so it's almost like, you know, although Morehouse is quote unquote doing it, it's still following because Correct. Spellman actually executed this transgender policy first. And for those of you who don't know, Spellman and Morehouse are like sister and brother institutions. So, well, I, uh, I don't know if I don't well, know if you can use those terms. Siblings anymore? <laughs> I, I, siblings? Can, can we say siblings? You know, for be uh, make, make sure it's people. PC. You know, they're, yeah, they're they're, but they are they are you know relational institutions, and so it's clear that some of that was probably like, yo, y'all need to do this because we're doing this as well. And so we just, you know, just make, listen, it is something that is very detrimental, not the not the practice. And I think this is what, this is what, you know, just I'll, to wrap this segment, this, this, this kind of lifestyle has been around since antiquity, right? The reason that it's spoken about in biblical text is because the practice has been around since antiquity. Well, yeah, the, this the yeah, but this, the this but the behavior. issue, yeah, this behavior has <laughs> been yeah. around. But, but the issue the is, why, I'm sorry to talk over you. It, it's not the reason why we even have an antiquity because if that behavior was the norm, we wouldn't have an antiquity because everybody'd be dead. That's they the point. The it's, it's the normalization. People have to realize we're not talking about the behavior. You're going to behave how you behave. People are sinful, but it is when this behavior is forced to be normalized. It, it, it's kind of shoehorned into normal society. You can have things on the outskirts, but when it becomes like, no, this is normal. It's supposed to be like this. That's when it becomes problematic. And speaking of antiquity versus modern, if human beings are supposed to have developed and grown over eons of time, then we need to be at the stage now that's different than what uh, humans in their previous stages have been, which is that we need to be able to think critically and say, when we make a decision as a society, what is the logical conclusion? Uh, that could come up so that we don't continually paint ourselves into corners, as we like to say on this show. Um, because otherwise, we're we're hitting ourselves, our, our heads against a wall. We're continuing to be perpetual adolescents, not understanding uh, how the, the things that we're doing now will play out over and over and over again. We continue to do that. I remember a couple of years ago when the whole gay marriage thing popped up, um, a lot of people were really into it. And then opposing those, especially those who are Christians or religious people who are saying, well, what is the logical conclusion of gay marriage? Before you know it, people will want to marry their dogs and cats. And the people who were in favor of gay marriage said, that's ridiculous. That, that is not the logical conclusion. You're just trying to make what we're trying to do, which is looking for uh, marriage equality, uh, something that people won't want because you're saying that the, the end of all things will be sooner or later folks will want to marry their pets. But now we're living in an age where people want to marry their pets. That's so, correct. you know, that might be an extreme. It might be an outlier, whatever. But we at least need to understand the principle of the matter, which is what is the logical conclusion of the decisions we're making now and how will it affect our posterity? So what's being deployed, what's being deployed is a, a, a public brainwashing, also called whitewashing. And when you when you don't know your history, and you just move in the moment, you just feel how you feel. 
then what's going to happen? Like there, there is going to be a destruction. Cause let me tell you something right now. There's a, there's a, um, that video that came out, that ancestry.com video that came out where it was like, Oh, 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 a white man was saving a black woman from slavery going up North to Canada or whatever. They oh, did y'all see that joint? I, that was do you, crazy. Do you, not, do you not understand? Do you not understand that when people, they don't know their history, they're going to turn around. These people are going to turn around and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these people are going to paint it as black people with the slavers and the white people were enslaved. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, if you haven't seen, either go to the um, go to the group and click on that link. It's crazy. And and, and my, my point in this, my point with Morehouse and with with Spellman making these decisions is that they, that that they are not aligning themselves with the truth and what the truth is, and because they are, they, their foundation is off. I'm that like they're they're destroying themselves and they're destroying. It, the society is, is being destroyed. Our, our communities are being destroyed and they don't even realize it because they're not thinking 30, 30 years ahead. They're not thinking 40 years ahead. Yeah, so let's not let's not be stuck in perpetual adolescence and not connect the present with the future. With the future. We sow the wind and we reap the whirlwind when we do and stuff like that. what a like whirlwind that. that will be. Yeah, what a whirlwind. And we're back, we're back. So in just keeping with this theme of um, lineage and uh, generational, I think carrying on things generationally, um, which is what the cats at Morehouse probably are not doing, um, is there was another article. It's a podcast that I personally rock with. um, The Witness, it's a black Christian collective. Um, They they come at a lot of these different topics. you know, particularly racial injustice and stuff like that from a Christian perspective. I can appreciate it for what they do. They're a little bit more institutional than I am, but those brothers, I, I do rock with those brothers. So um, y'all could definitely go check them out. Um, the Witness BCC.com. The Witness BCC.com. Um, there was an article that was on their um, site uh, about a month ago back in March. Um, it was entitled When the Fatherless Become Fathers. Uh, it's a very interesting article because it was written by a gentleman, um, C.J. Cordelbaum. Hope I didn't jack up your name, C.J. Shout out to C.J. Um, he was just talking about in, in the article how his uh, pretty t- tumultuous relationship with his father growing up um, had an impact on him now that he's become a father. Um, he talked about how his father was not around a lot. He was abusive, alcoholic, um, promiscuous, probably with you know cheated on his mom a bunch of times, stuff like that. So um, he, he he talks about a lot of those things that happened in his childhood that he didn't realize had an impact on him until he became a father, and how he realized that just so many things were missing. Um, you know that he wants to instill in his children now. Um, he did note in the article that his child is, I think, almost two years old. So he's still, you know, he's still coming up on some things. But it was just an interesting thought to see how um, someone who grew up essentially fatherless, because although a person might be physically in the home where you live, um, doesn't mean that they're proactively fathering you, right? Um, has an impact on you now as a grown man trying to be a father. Um, it's very in, important. Um, I thought, you know, after reading the article, um, there, you know, I have a bunch of different thoughts because I can identify with some of the things in, in which uh, CJ was talking about. But I just wanted to throw these two things out there, um, and then you know, definitely want to hear what you guys got to say about it. Um, one is, you know, there's there's the the difference between the individual who might not know their father, right? May have never known their father, never met him, right? And then there's the other individual who, I guess, maybe more closely aligned with CJ here, 
um, may have known him. The father may have been present and may have been ripped from their lives or was in and out of their life and never really in and out of their life um, and never really made a connection. Um, and so it, it, it left a lot of wounds um, and probably had more of a negative impact. So what, what, what do you guys think? Do you think that it's more detrimental for a child to have never known their, their parent or to have that kind of abusive in and out, you know, rip from your life kind of a, you know, relationship? Uh, Eva? Well, you know, um, it's going to, the reason I paused is because, you know, my personal experience um, is reflective of a lot of childhood stability. So I don't have a lot to say regarding that. The only comment that I can make is just as an educator, what I know about uh, who children are developmentally is that stability is what they are looking for, what they need. You know, they're just coming into this world. They, they're trying to figure out what to expect out of life. Um, and they need circumstances for the most part to be as stable as possible so that they can develop into who they truly are supposed to be instead of, you know, not having those uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs issues. <laughs> For example, you know, they're in survival mode or, or they don't really know if they're loved, uh, things like that. So I, I, one thing I just know from, from that perspective and not from my personal experience uh, is that stability is best. And I'm not just talking about negative stability is a, you know, your, your mother's negative, uh, uh, consistent in being uh, mean to you every day, but just some relational stability is best for a child. So I'm actually, you know, from that perspective, leaning on the idea that it's best that a child uh, have the parent who is consistent on a regular basis than to have the parent coming in and out and in and out. But again, my experience um, can't really reflect what I think uh, developmentally those children actually do need. Uh, thank you, thank you, Eva. Um, so my response to this is that I've heard this question arisen uh, before. Most notably, uh, this question tends to come up with people who have had strained relationships with their father. Uh, and for me, uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I, you could say I had a strained relationship with my dad. I mean, I didn't know my dad. I met him once, um, when I was about eight or nine years old and then that was it. And, um, what I, what I find though is it, that, um, I don't really think that there is a comparison. I think that they're both tragic. Yeah. Um, and um, because without without a father, a child dies. Um, with a father, uh, maybe a child can gain some kind of nourishment, and then so you can make the argument that well, then that there is a there is a uh, absolute benefit there. Um, I need but, you to more. I need for you to unpack that the former a little bit more. What? what dad the not being there. The child dies. Yeah, partially the reason yeah. I want to unpack that well, is because mm -hmm. we're living in a time right now in which people actually do not understand the worth of fathers. Yeah. Well, um, a father, you know, a father's role is to is to protect and to guide. Um, a father's role is to help a child overcome fear, uh, and. And so without a father there to actually protect a child, right? I mean, without parents, a child dies, and particularly a father, because a father is stronger than a wife and a child. Um, a father can protect both um, the mother and, and the seed and the child. And so without that covering, um, then um, the mother and the child are left to the elements. Yeah. Uh, and that, 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 that's just a... That's, so that's just, a physical death. Yeah, I thought that you were saying it sort of, you know, in a in a in an intangible way. No, no, I wasn't being I wasn't being poetic. I was being real. I was being the most I was being the most, you know, the most literal uh death in the most literal sense. A child dies and so somebody needs to fulfill that role on some level. Uh and and uh uh so that's why I was like I I just I, I can't really compare it in my mind because I can't say that I don't feel comfortable saying people had it worse than me because um, right. it don't get no worse than, a, than somebody just not being there. Right. Uh, but 
at the same time, admittedly, him not being there means, you know, I mean, I, I, I did have other people who did play, um, who did operate in that, in that office uh, in my life. And I turned out pretty well. But at the yeah, same so time, says you, bro. No, I'm just but at the same time, I turned out pretty well after having an extremely rocky childhood. Right, I right. mean, I had a very rocky childhood. I got suspended like seven times. I went to five different elementary schools. Um, you know, I got, I got, I, I mean, I got kicked out of a lot of schools. I got into a lot of fights. Um, you know, I, I just, I had a behavioral problem, behavioral issue. Um, I used to push desks out of them. Um, out of uh, windows, I mean, all, all in schools, all kinds of different things I used to do. Um, and had my father been there, then he could have been there to discipline me, but he wasn't. So, or the discipline he, might not have been needed if your father. Right. Was there. Exactly. That's why I think that Maybe there is that a uh, there's yeah. a there's a literal and there's also a you know poetic part about it. I think as well. I think that what you're talking to is the poetic part, a um, because for the child without a father there are some things in you that die you just don't know that they're dead that's correct you know there there are just some things in you and you know cj in the article speaks a little bit to this because unfortunately you don't know you don't have certain things until Mm -hmm. you need them and you realize they're not there and so you know one of the things he's saying that you know similar to what you just said you know he has gleaned other things from many other men in his life but it's not like having your father there to sort of impart things. You know, there's a, you know, just to get a little Bible-y, um, in, in Exodus 20, one of, one of the things that's glossed over um, a lot um, in Christendom when the, when the Lord is giving Moses the, the Ten Commandments, because, you know, we, we kind of get so theological, we just go into, oh, this is one and this is two, but there's a, a little blurb right around five verse five and six where it says that those who reject me will be cursed to the third and fourth generations um but those who keep my who love me and keep my covenant will be blessed to the third and fourth generation and that used to always perplex me when i was younger like when i first became a believer um you know in my late teens early 20s and i was kind of like what what like what the heck like he would bless you know bless somebody for three or four generations even though it didn't have nothing to do with them and he would curse somebody and then, and and I realize now, as you know, I'm I'm a middle aged man, becoming a middle aged man. You you realize, okay, um, my children will suffer, unfortunately, for the things in which my father lacked and didn't do for me. Right. So the things that he didn't do for me, you know, I kind of had a rocky, turbulent, you know, relationship with my pops. Um, kind of in and out, and was gone for a long period of time, and you know, particularly in the in in, in my formative years, um, and so they're just things that I was lacking. Well, my children, unfortunately, will will suffer some of that because there are just some things that I didn't realize I was missing. So that's literally the third generation. So yeah. the, the the third generation, right? My father, me, and now my children. My children will miss out on some things that I just was incapable of passing down, right? Because of things that took place 30, 40, 50 years before they even existed. And so just I I really wanted to break down that scripture of blessing and curses to the third and fourth generation. You know, it's just not as that a brief, as a brief caveat, AJ, just as a brief mm-hmm. caveat, this is the way we can consider reading scripture. Because the thing is, is that sometimes when things about third and fourth generation and curses and blessings yeah. come up, a lot of people will interpret that to say, man, God is going to zap this person. Exactly, exactly. Person and all these things, instead of reading that the scripture is being prophetic and basically saying on a practical level, if you accept these blessings, these, this is just the reverberation of that yeah, blessing. It's a generational. Or, yeah, I mean, because yeah, what do we think generational wealth is? Generational wealth yes. is just a blessing from a previous yeah. generation yeah. that you had nothing to do with. It's not even spooky like that. It's yeah. not even God trying to stick it to somebody like that. It's God <laughs> saying to us, um, if you do this, then this is this is what the, the outcome will be. Exactly. Right? It's macrocosmic. Yeah. And we don't we operate in the scriptures like everybody is so individualized, you know, which is how we get the the them, they don't call me he, she, you know, I'm an it. You know, I'm, 
I'm a I'm a bicycle. I'm a unicycle. Oh my god. I'm a unicorn's horn. You know, I'm anything but what I actually am. Yeah. We don't realize how much we are all weaved together. Like that the 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 Lord is putting together a tapestry. And so sometimes when these generational connections are not made, right, it is it is a it is really tragic. It's yep. really tragic. And so what you yep. have to do is you have to kind of go back and literally restitch yep. the 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 previous generation. So like now in my relationship with my father, in a lot of areas, I'm like the father. Yep. Like it's really weird. Like I was telling this to my wife. It is really weird, like interacting with my pops now. Like he and I just got reconnected about 10 years ago when my mother passed. And going back now and reconnecting with him in many areas, it's like I'm the father. And so what what God was showing me in that is I'm having to restitch the previous generational connection mm-hmm. while simultaneously yep, stitching the generation foundation. with my children. And so it's like you're on the middle floor and you're building the basement and the second level at the oh, same no. time. At the same exactly. If you can that that's a really good analogy, eh? It's like yeah. imagine in building a house, you on the second floor and gotta build the first floor and the attic at the same time. But that's yeah. what happens because those things are so, so important. And again, we don't realize it nope. until you don't you, mm-hmm. you need it and you don't have it. You're like, wait a minute. That's, I don't I'm, I, I don't have the tools. That's facts, and and that gets into the definition of culture. Because yep. people think for the culture, for the culture, Migos, Offset, Cardi B, naming their kid culture, 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 culture. People think culture is curry goat and doing the running man, uh, <laughs> or having a flat top and saying yes, black girl magic. Like that's what people think culture is. <laughs> culture is not that. Those are accoutrements well, of a culture. Yeah. That's not culture. Right. They're yeah. just attributes of a culture. Yeah, those are right. attributes. Culture is not that you eat a curry goat. Culture is why you eat the damn curry goat. That's <laughs> what culture is. Culture is. I'm sorry to cut you off, Eva. Culture. Culture is the blueprint that gets passed down from one generation, from a father to a son, from a mother to a daughter. All right. And um, from from parents to children Whoa. on how to survive, how to thrive, how how to do better than the previous line in your family did. That's Whoa. what culture is. And if you and to the degree that 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 the child, because the child is a part of this, to the degree that the child says yes, dad, I will do this. Yes, mom, I will do that. To the degree that they say yes is the, the is the strength of your culture. If they do it heavy, it's a strong culture. If they do it weak, you got a weak culture. And if you don't do it at all, you have no culture at all. And culture. you're constantly starting over is what AJ yes. was saying. Yeah, you're yes. constantly starting over, laying the foundation. Everybody's confused all yes. the time. Yes. 20 years, more confusion. 20 years, more confusion. Culture, 20 years more confusion culture is generational wisdom yeah. yes he who, he who stacks up that generational wisdom the most wins wins that yeah. i mean period what it is period so those traditions that rites of passage those different things that the ancestors have taught those herbs in the forest that you stay away from this one this helps to heal this and that this is how culture is built human beings how long do we live 75 76 years so of course you're not going to get every piece of wisdom that you could possibly get in that little uh, uh, extent of time no let's talk about over thousands of years somebody uh, exactly. like you can have the wisdom of thousands of years of human history exactly it's not exactly. just about doing you know one dance versus the next it's funny yes, exactly. i was driving with my children up in baltimore the other day and there was a billboard there was a billboard and this this ties in right into what we're talking about just as we you know come around third base here is the the billboard it was up with a, a a man and his son and it was like hey do this today be a dad and so my son was in the front seat so my son is 11 he looks up and is like yo what like i mean complete genuineness he was like what is that like what the heck they got to tell people to be a dad like it was wild wow. and so like for me again oh. i realize <laughs> i realize sometimes i've said this before look at that i realize so much how different my child's experiences than my own. And so I said, son, you don't realize 
what you experience is not normal for everybody. It's normal for some people, but it's not normal for everybody. So you look up at that billboard, you're like, my dad is always around. What the heck are they talking about? And I said, but son, there are a lot of people who A, don't know their pops, right? Dad's not around. If he is, it's just a physical body there, like a shell, but the man is not actually there. And so what that billboard is trying to do is encourage men who have children to be involved, to be engaged, and to be proactive in the lives of their children. I was like, but for you, that's normal. So you don't even you don't even identify with that billboard. And so I was just trying to lay that out for him. But after that conversation, like I literally was like, yo, man. Like, my kids are living a totally different life than me. Like, I'm just like, like, it's still to this day, still sometimes it, it baffles me. And one of the, one of the. Which is the way it's supposed to be. Which is the way it's supposed to be. Don't get me wrong. But th- like, literally, literally seeing normalcy, literally seeing normalcy play out before me, it's even changing me. So this is how they're sort of oh. stitching things for me. Because I'm seeing their reaction to normalcy, and I'm like, oh, man, I should change the way I think because what my kids are walking out is actually normal childhood. I just didn't have a normal childhood, and I didn't realize that. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing. So, like, like, even a prime example, like, a lot of times when you say some of the things you say, it's like, yo, wow. Like, you, you rock me because I'm like, yo, man, she lived a normal childhood. Like, she, oh, yeah, my pop did this, and he did that, and so on and so forth. And I'm like, wow. Like, I don't say much, but I'll just be like, wow, that's dope. You know, so I think what we have to realize is how, you know, what you said, the, like the culmination of generational wisdom is the, you know, the, the culture up to that particular point. And it's so yeah. important that we, you know, and I'm, and I'm speaking to men, particularly if you have a child, to be proactive. Because unfortunately, what we do as men is we're very reactionary. Yes, correct. <laughs> when, when when things happen, well, you know, we, we can spring into action and you can put the fire out. Okay, that's great. But it's a lot more beneficial if you see ahead, have provision. So that's what that's what the word provision actually means. Okay. See okay. ahead or see above. Yeah. You know, a lot of men say I'm the provider, but you have to see ahead or see yeah, above. You see- see what's coming before yeah. you see. Mm. and you be Come proactive and you be what's proactive in, in in the lives of your children mm. you know and and, like- and and in the life of, and in the life of your wife as well if you're married say hey even for my single dads even if you're not married have provision for your children see and do the things i would encourage you to even do the things that you wanted done when you were a child Oh, yeah. You know, when you when you, when you look back and say, "Man, I wish blank," then make sure that you are proactive in that area in the life of your child, because more than likely, your child will be looking for that as well. I want to add to that, AJ, that um, building an environment that you would want your child to be growing up into is important, and the reason that comes up is because of the hip hop artists over the past decade, and they've been countless who I've heard will say that those lyrics that they were putting out there, especially the misogynistic ones back in the 90s, they weren't even thinking at that young developmental age that our society has allowed people to have such an impact, that they were putting out lyrics that their little girl and their little boy was growing up into. Oh no, not the golden era. I thought everything was perfect in the golden era. Oh no. The great thing about the golden era of hip hop is that there was diversity, whereas whereas (laughs) there was not as much diversity in thought afterward. But part of that diversity was the negative. Exactly. No, I'm I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. so so even if that this particular hip hop artist says, well, I, I didn't let my little toddler listen to my music anyway, that was for adults. What What's going on is that even if you didn't let your little toddler or elementary school, school kid listen to the adult stuff, quote unquote, that you were creating, you were building culture or you were contributing to a culture that those kids are growing up into. And so for those fathers and mothers out there who aren't you know, high profile, like hip hop artists, you're still, whatever you do, whatever your productivity is, is still contributing to uh, the environment that they're going to grow up into. So yeah, more power to parents. You guys have a big job to do, but, but you know, you have amazing uh, things to contribute as well. No doubt, no doubt. So just you know, again, be, you know, and this goes for mothers and fathers. This is, you know, we, the, the article was about fathers, but if you're a parent, yeah. Be proactive, be, you know, be involved and be that representation because ultimately 
um, you're representing God to your children. You know, that's what you're doing. You're representing God to your children. You know, this is one of the, you know, this is one of the uh, most important things that I take on for my children. Like no other man is going to represent my heavenly father to my children. I am. No other man is going to speak those kinds of things into the lives and into the hearts of my children. I am. Mm-hmm. I, I take that very serious. And so beyond just the practical, like beyond just the, oh, let's go play, you know, play ball or go ride bikes. But even to the foundational building blocks of who they are um, and their character and their morality, you know, I, I take that seriously. I take my job. I, I even tell them, I say, hey, guys, I may not be your friend right now. I'm your father. And I take that job very seriously. One day, yeah. I, you know, and I tell them, I say, listen, one day I hope that we become friends. I was like, I do. One day when you're an adult, I hope that we're friends. But right now, I'm your father, <laughs> and I take this job very seriously. So we're gonna That's get it good. in, you know. So we get it in. So we That's just want to, you know, men, women, be encouraged. Be encouraged with that. All right, so we're back. All right, so this has been, you know, this has been a good episode. It's been heavy. We've really been getting it in. So we figured we would just lighten it up. We, and we know y'all been dying to hear it again. So we haven't had a this week in the news in a while. <laughs> so this week in the news, you know, and for those of you who, you know, this 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 is a throwback to earlier in our in, in our catalog. But yeah, you know, when Christians are out here putting foot in mouth, we gotta talk about them. We got to talk about them. So, um, this one here is, um, it's an Instagram, it's an Instagram account. Um, it's called Preachers in Sneakers. Mm-hmm. Now, it's clearly not run by a Christian because they throwing too much shade here. But Actually, it's- uh, I, I, I did research, it is. Oh. <laughs> so a, believer, a believer in the Heavenly Father, you know how I am about that term Christian, but for the sake of the conversation. So okay, so this is run by a believer, which is even better. That yeah. means that they, that they're highlighting the hypocrisy. So if you wanna, yeah. if you wanna laugh, I well, thought I, agree. I thought it was I thought it was an atheist myself, a heckler, right? Because yeah, that's why I looked it up. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I got you. Wow. Well, hey, even but listen, even better. Judgment comes first, right? So <laughs> if you go to Instagram, just go look up preachers in sneakers, not I N, but yeah, the letter N, preachers. And sneakers. AJ hit him with that detail. Yeah, you know, because like you know, Bryant, we hit him. You know, we we hit him with the vernacular. You know how it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> what this? And by the way, their the tagline is the Lord works in mysterious colorways. <laughs> the joint is hilarious. Oh, Eva laughed right right when you said the punchline joint. <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious colorways. So for for those of you who don't know, colorways are when they release sneakers in a bunch of different colors: home colors, team colors road colors different yeah. you know different colors different co- collaborations that they're, yeah, exactly. they're, they're called colorways so what is this instagram page about it is about the ridiculous the ridiculous types of shoes that preachers wear how expensive some of these things are we're talking about custom shoes exclusive which um, and you guys so let's let's scroll through here uh, this guy named Mike Todd. Uh, he's a pastor. I'm not sure where he's from, but he's. They have a picture of him rocking the European release of the white Jordan One, <laughs> and these joints are three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, they have this cat named who is this? Uh, Hilltop. Uh, I mean Hilltop. Hillsong. Hillsong. Nathan. Oh, the Hillsong pastor. Yeah. yeah Hillsong Fenocho. He's rocking these Prince Town slippers, eleven hundred dollars, made with tiger. Maybe with, I don't know if it's tiger fur or tiger skin. Yeah, you I don't know. the joints with the uh, the little feather anklets. Yeah, them yeah them <laughs> joints. So I'm not gonna look at all of them, but y'all can go to Instagram. I mean, no, it is. Wait, what about John Gray? What about John? Gray? Your boy John Gray. So John Gray is rocking the prayer Yeezys, thirty seven hundreds, thirty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, is it all those the red ones? No, nah, these are like white and gray oh, and green. Oh, the white and gray, yeah, the Yeezy twos. So that's when he got the ones when that's photos of when the the Nike version of Yeezys, and he has the red Octobers too, which aren't even they don't even look good. Like the red Octobers, it's the, just the, the name. All, it's just the name, yeah. yeah. The all red October, the all red Yeezys. Oh, the all. So he has on yeah. the all red Yeezys. 
Yeah. $5,600. Yeah, and what's funny about that is that those are the Yeezys that he wore on um, Yeezys. Like, if you see the Yeezys album cover, he has these red shoes on. Mm-hmm. Those are the Yeezys. And it, it's just, it's so odd. It's so odd. Like, Well, would... John Gray needs his needs a, a new stylist as Yeah, is. he does. Yeah, so I, I, it's just unfortunate. I think that a stylist can really, you know, can yeah, really but... change this person's image. And John Gray... Yeah, he needs a new stylist. Yeah, so there's there's another one. This guy Chad Veach. Chad Veach gets it in, by the way. Chad Veach. (laughs) He has on the off white Jordan One Chicago's twenty five hundred dollars. Now you can go through. You can scroll through this whole thing. Now I can already listen to the ones out there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The man of God can't dress nice. Is that what you're saying? Is that what across the intersection is saying? Chad Veach, he rocking another pair. He got this St. Laurent boot, $1,000. The brunch boots, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like those boots, actually. Oh, you like them? I know, that's right, out, that's, that's, that's right up your alley. Nah, but the, <laughs> that's nah, right up the, your alley with them brunch the Insta- boots. The Instagram account's pretty funny because yeah. it writes it like a, um, like a fashion blog. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's, what's, what's hilarious. Now, you might not. For, so for, for, for those of you listening who might think that, hold them, how can these men not dress nice, right? There's there is nothing wrong with dressing nice. Let's just go ahead and say that one time. But there's absolutely zero need. Zero. If I'm a man of faith, if I'm a man of the most high, there's no need for me to be walking around in five thousand dollar shoes. Zero. There's zero need sneakers. We're talking about sneakers. There's no shoe. The person is dressing nice. No, there's no shoe. Dress shoe, sneaker. There's no need for a $5,000. Like, you could literally, think about it. Those red Yeezys were $5,600, right? Mm -hmm. You could take $5,500 and go sew that into somebody's life. You could take the other $100 and still get a nice pair of shoes. (laughs) That's the crazy thing. I could take $5,500 right now and change somebody's situation. Take that yeah. other hundred and go buy a nice pair yeah. of shoes. And that's what, that's the part that's really just, it's, it is hilarious. It is hilarity for you to get on a platform, a stage, and talk about the most high, right? But then behind closed doors, operate with this sort of disregard for financial, you know, for, for financial discipline. Yeah. Like those yeah. two things do not go together. The, yeah, the the yeah, financial man. discipline or the lack thereof to feel like I need to go and buy a five thousand well, dollar shoe. So, and a, and a lot of times they'll, they'll say, "Well, they were gifts." They'll say that, like, "Oh, people gave them to you." Well, what? Well, well, and to to my thought is like, "Well, what are you doing that will compel someone to give to gift you uh, uh, gifts?" to this degree and to this level. And if you know these things are happening, don't, why don't you have, why can't you have enough vision to be able to reroute that stuff and uh, flip that and make better uh, better choices? Because, I mean, it, 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 you, you'd be pretty obtuse to not think that people would not interpret you wearing those things as you spending their money. Like, that's just, you're just an idiot to think that People won't think that, and then they'll turn around and say, "Well, you know, like in the case of a lot of a lot of them, the the, the people will say, oh, well, you know, it's from books and book sales and and all of that.' And it's like, but the people that's have, buying your books are the people that go to yeah, your church. I mean, exactly. You know, yeah. the people that's buy, like you would not have the level of popularity that you have if it wasn't for you pretending, you know, that you care about Christ and delivering this quote unquote message and having a and having a a congregation like you're selling you're selling this product to your congregation um and even if it's other people that's not part of your congregation buying it the fact that you have a book is because of the popularity of your con of, of you know of um, well, being in front of that congregation so another thing that some of them will say was is that god has called me to the hipsters so <laughs> if god has called me to the hipsters i need to dress accordingly right yeah. uh, and so i'm doing this to attract hipsters yeah, yeah i mean listen we could we could justify 10 ways to sunday listen <laughs> god works in mysterious colorways y'all god works in mysterious <laughs> colorways 
So we just wanted, listen, ladies and gentlemen, listening, we wanted to lighten it up a little bit. It's been a little heavy, but please go. If you want to laugh, actually, if you want to laugh and you want to cry a little bit, because like I said, when you look at it, it's a little sad. It's, it, it starts out funny. But then, as you start to scroll, you're like, "Man, this is pretty sad." You get nauseous. Yeah, you yeah. start to get. It's, it's, it's a little sad. So let's just do it with the Gucci belt. <laughs> yeah, let's just. So the preachers and sneakers. So again, we thank you all for rocking with us this week. Um, as always, no matter if we're talking about Morehouse College, Woo. fatherlessness, or uh. or the mysterious colorways of God, Mm-mm. y'all know we keep them in the mix. So for right. even A, this is AJ saying peace. Peace. All right. Let's get started, I won't cheat you Let me set apart who is my people The ones who set in their heart to be believers Press on to the mark to follow Jesus When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving Don't follow their feelings, that'll be misleading they're the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity we chose cause folks is hypocritical Religious midwit, man that is how they picture you Wishing you would go the way of the extinctional You remind them too much of what they listen to